Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Ghouls. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Jackie, I'm tired. You're tired. You know what? You know why? You're, why? you're supposed to be like, Marissa, why are you tired? Come on, help me set up a joke for once. <laughs> but let's take it from the top. Okay. Jackie, I'm tired. Marissa, why are you tired? From building a podcast empire, of course. <laughs> I just want to take a moment to bask in the glory that our wee little podcast has grown into an entire production company that we share with the wonderful Mary Englehart, Three Currents Productions, and now we have, count them, one, ah, 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 two, ah, 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 three podcasts on the network. And I'm not saying that there's a fourth coming, but there better be a fourth coming. Fourth coming. Exactly. Oh, forthcoming. <laughs> Look at what she's, she's here all night. <laughs> but yes, we are so excited to be um, in the throes of our opening week of both Block or Buster and Every Month Madness. We are so honored to be helping these podcasts get up and off the ground. We are so excited to have the Three Crones Productions Company grow into something truly wonderful. But mostly, I use it all just as an excuse to hang out with you. That's that's that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I like that yeah. plan. You know. Yeah. It's all just an elaborate ruse to spend as much time with you as I can. I like that. Yeah. Nice. I mean, the hours of work we've done, all the movies, the money we've spent on boots and swag, yeah. and yeah. And, and, and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All well, we could have just we could have just called each other and said, "Do you want to hang out?" No. Um, that, there's no. There's no there's, fun in that. That's that's different. I love what we do, and I love even though this episode that you picked for this week was a bit of a stinker i love you anyway uh i need to warn everybody uh if you hear sirens that's the fun police coming to shut us down <laughs> what? no L- it's <laughs> lieutenant marissa of the fun police is going to shut us down if, if, they, if you hear fun. sirens don't be scared you don't have to scatter it's Always just fun scatter. police um yeah no the if you mean by fun police then if you mean um having some semblance of dignity then yes oh that went out the window for us a long time ago that's true fair (laughs) fair enough tonight you guys we are talking about two movies that are uh based on loosely based what is loosely based on history what is loosely based on a classic novel we're doing pride and prejudice and zombies and abraham lincoln vampire hunter yeah i so i suggested that we you know, do these two. And I completely forgot that the books were actually written. They were both written by the same guy. Seth Graham Smith wrote both of them, which I completely forgot when I suggested we put them together. Well, that's actually funny because I feel like one is amazing because he basically stole Jane Austen's prose and just added zombies to it. And one um, I can wipe my high knee with. (laughs) Do you know a lot about Abe Lincoln history? Do I know a lot about, I could write a book for kids that has a solid five pages on everything I know about Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. A tall hat. Oh, he wore hat, yes. He was, he had a beard. He was shot. <laughs> he had a beard. He got shot. Mary, mm-hmm. he married Mary, Mary Todd. Mm-hmm. She was a sassafras. 
Mm -hmm. Um, He hunted vampires. What else do you want to know, Jaggy? Emancipation Proclamation. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. So the cool thing Uh about the book. Tell me the cool thing. The cool thing is he tied a lot of factual things that happened in Lincoln's life into the story. And, oh, guys, do you hear the sirens? Because the fun police are right around the corner. Yeah, he um, tied history. Yeah, he actually, like, the, the with, with the death of his mother, it was cool the way that he blamed her death on, I'm done. I'm done because <laughs> you just don't know how to, I'm sorry, guys, Marissa isn't fun anymore. This is what happens when you become a teacher during COVID. It sucks the life out of you. You can't have fun anymore. Yeah, I'm a special kind of vampire. Yeah, like you, you just, you can't have fun anymore, apparently. <laughs> I'm like Colin, the energy vampire now. <laughs> um, okay, so let's, should we just start with Abraham Lincoln then? Because I, I, yes. I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm going to say to you that if you're going to sit there and tell me that this is historically accurate in regards to certain things and that this guy did his research, I'm going to say, yes, I agree with you. If he was reading my 1980s American history textbook, which made Abraham Lincoln so much more of a champion than he ever deserved to be. Any, yeah, I was going to say the, the First of all, America's whole view of Abraham Lincoln is skewed because he's not this, you know, amazing, fantastic, anti-racist guy. He's still a racist dick. Like, let's okay. not sugarcoat right. it. Okay. He, yes, he abolished okay. slavery. He also doesn't think that, you know, African-American people at the time have any sort of equal rights to him. Yeah, like, we, we don't have to sugarcoat any of that. Because okay. um, that's what I feel. That was my big gripe. My biggest gripe was that they were celebrating the mythology of him and not the truth but, and the problematic and, nature. But everybody does. That's not everybody. The majority of this country celebrate the well, sugar-coated mythology of Abraham Lincoln, though. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Labor- Lincoln. <laughs> I love like Abraham Lincoln should have been my name for this yeah. episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you're right. I, I mean, you look in any history book. I mean, we celebrate Abraham Lincoln as this amazing figure. But, and most people but don't we don't anymore. The, like, right. They don't. Right. Like we're pushing. So the book I used for my argument against you here is a book called uh, Forced into Glory by Lerone Bennett Jr. And it's a college textbook that basically like says the same thing that we we live this mythology of Lincoln and it gives all of this data that proves that while he did you know, have a a role in some of these important moments in the history uh, of the emancipation process. He was a giant douchebag. Like he literally was an anti, like the movie and so many like stories portray him as anti-slavery since birth. And that's actually the farthest thing from the truth. In In fact, in his youth and early in his political campaigns, he advocated for blacks to be sent back to Africa. That was his initial plan for like emancipation. Mm -hmm. He also said things like he would use the N-word regularly, even though Northerners were coming to learn that it was a deeply problematic word. He also would say things like, well, the white white people are the superior race. So these types of things are no longer, like, I don't think we do teach him as a perfect symbol of freedom anymore. Well, that's good. That's good to know that it, that's being stripped away. Cause I think so. When, I mean, when I was in school, it was, he, he freed the slaves. Let's, let's put him on the shoulders of Martin Luther King and parade him around and, you know, he high-fived Harriet Tubman and they like were a superhero team. Like it was really such an inaccurate portrayal of, of how he was. I mean, but but at the same time, are we still teaching the thing with the founding fathers? Are we still pretending the founding fathers are perfect? No, not They're a bunch of fuckers too. 
I mean, not, I mean, listen, I teach high school. So by the time they've gotten to me, they've already become cynical enough that I can just dive right in and really, mm -hmm. you know, uh, show what jerks these people were. Cause I do teach American literature and I teach it from a very, like the marginalized people and the natives got shit on. And these are all the douchebags who did it. That mm -hmm. being said, I'm also the biggest fan of Hamilton, the show you'll ever want to come ac across. So obviously this is all so complicated, but I just figured I, I was surprised, I guess I would say, to learn that in, what was that, 2012 that movie came out? Mm -hmm. In 2012, we're going to create a, a mythological story uh, with that tells that lie that we were told since we were kids. Because the truth is, I don't think we teach it that way anymore. Here's here's where I think a lot of the problem, too, comes from it. So you remember that Daniel Day-Lewis movie that came out, Lincoln? Yes. Okay. Very, very highly revered, amazing performance um that movie comes out five months after this movie oh no way <laughs> and it's pretty much the same story minus the vampires listen i'd be lying if i said i watched that movie oh yeah, yeah. I, it was actually i i will say that it, i i enjoyed it you know like i know that it is it it is fictional in in its you know again in in the, his hero status tommy lee jones in this movie in Lincoln is mm -hmm. so good. Really? I love Tommy and James Spader's in it too. Like it's just, there's a Ooh. lot of really good people. It's a decent movie, but again, it is the, the textbook, the history textbook of when you and I were in school story of Lincoln, you know, oh, see, that's interesting. Yeah, Lincoln, okay. you know, Lincoln Especially with made the cabins, Tony you know, huh. Lincoln became a lawyer. Lincoln became president. Lincoln freed the slaves. He and Harriet Tubman high-fived and became a superhero deal. I got to be honest, I'm shocked because I would have expected more of Tony Kushner, who wrote that screenplay. Mm -hmm. um, I, I come to expect very evolved and very forward thinking from him. So I'm surprised that it wasn't a little more, you know, uh, and again, I, I haven't watched it. So I, I feel like it would be unfair of me to comment on that. Also, yeah, it's, of it's very similar. Um, so when you're looking at the textbook history, the the pretend, the, the, the textbook history that we went through, like I said, this what Seth Graham Smith did is I thought just the way he did with Pride and Prejudice, where he took this great story and wove in the zombies and kind of explained this and, oh, it can conveniently be because of zombies. He did the same thing in, in this book where he took that fictional history of Abraham Lincoln, exaggerated some parts and made some parts explainable. He explained the death of his mother. Um, vampires he explained the death of his son vampires um you know he, he talked about you know the work he did with speed uh, that was the the guy speed not the drug speed um <laughs> <laughs> like everything was kind of, of centered around that and and i i like that I, I have no problem with this movie here's the thing uh this movie comes out in 2012 but it is hardcore with like the early 2000s CGI. And it's that kind yeah. of like fast, but slow, but fast fight scenes. Like it's, this is a movie that I, I think, I think this movie is fun. It's ridiculous. Oh There's a scene where he is chasing another vampire and like they're jumping from horse to horse to horse, like literally running over horses. Like this movie is bananas, but here, here's my thing. What were you expecting with a movie that was called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? All right. So hot take. I was bored. 
for most of it. Okay. I also, I, I will admit that you have read both of these books. I have not. I only saw the movies. So you're definitely more like more of the pro here. I also was very sad to learn that Henry Sturgis wasn't a real character in American history because I totally <laughs> Googled him because I did think he was a really interesting, cool character. Um, here's what, okay, here's where they lost me. Not only did I think the the like special effects and the stuff was overdone, but it was felt so long um, and, and also, I'm sorry, but the metaphor of the South as vampires and the slave trade as a way to give food to the vampires just didn't work for me. So yeah. like once I tried to make some, like I sat here as I was watching the beginning of the movie and I was like, all right, I'm really excited for this metaphor because I thought the metaphor of the zombies and Pride and Prejudice worked so well. And we'll talk to that in a few minutes. But so I was like ready to get this great metaphor out of it. I was like pumped to really like this movie to hope that it said something interesting about people of color, about slavery, about, you know, all that kind of thing. And it just didn't, dude. Like, even if you were willing to overlook the problematic generalization of calling everyone who owns slaves in the South evil, which is what this movie is basically purporting to do, um, I can't get over the idea of, oh, this was part of their food. Like it's somehow, I don't know, it just, the metaphor felt sloppy and it just like weak for me and and then I found myself like toying and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this like I was like is it okay to vilify the entire self for slavery like because listen you wouldn't meet someone who's more apt to be weird about the south than I am like I can't tell you how many times in a week I read the news and say things like well if Texas doesn't want to be here they should we should just let him secede like you know I get angry I get angry at the mythology and the old school, school, often antebellum, you know, way of being that they still seem to cling on to. But I'm not sure I'm willing to condemn everything about the Southern Army and the Confederacy and all of that in the name of just to make a sloppy metaphor. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we do it with everything else. So why, why not do it with that? I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I mean, mean listen, we. I hate all all Democrats are right. too far right and you know pansy snowflakes if you're you know if you or I mean if you're left you're a snowflake if you're right you're racist like we we generalize everything yeah I guess so I just I felt like I had no emotional connection to anybody except Sturgis and and the shop owner like I just didn't like Abe okay yeah. I mean he was he was he was the Walmart Liam Neeson <laughs> that, that was one of my notes. He was a That's Walmart Liam. Good call. And like, I don't know. I just felt like, I think they tried to do too much. Maybe the book really does a good job of like flushing out. I felt like everything felt smushed together and rushed. And There's I a lot more about one of the things, I mean, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there. I like this movie. I think this movie is just like a perfectly fun, it's a popcorn movie. This was a summer, like it was meant to be like a summer blockbuster movie. Like this movie is, is all cg okay. and fluff there's a little bit of blood like this wasn't this is not the thinking man's movie um with that being said though i just lost my train of thought oh no uh with that being said this movie was pretty much across the board panned like this did not really get good reviews across the board um a lot of people had an issue with the story uh, one of the things that I saw in several reviews is this movie is called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but the Abraham Lincoln that we all know 
is Abraham Lincoln president. And this movie took so long to get him into his presidency. And then when he gets into his presidency, he stops vampire hunting for like X amount of years. Yeah. So I know that a lot of people had a problem with the story in that vein of it's been action, action, action. Now I'm president and now I'm done kind of thing. Um, I will say that the book takes a lot, like it goes through a lot more of his life pre-presidency. Like there's the whole thing of him when he's trying to, you know, have his grocery store and the store fails and then he's becoming a lawyer. And then there's a whole big thing about him being a politician in the beginning. And and so there, it, I mean, it's a book, so it's going to go into a lot more, but I think that you might, I hope that you enjoy the book more. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm, I'm actually more excited to tear into Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because I loved the movie too. But yeah, I'm going to give it a shot because one of my biggest critiques is that I felt like everything was kind of rushed and jumbled together. So maybe the book will kind of flesh that out for me in an interesting way. I loved the Vampires Can't Kill Other Vampires plotline. I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Like that was something kind of new that I, I don't remember seeing often in vampire lore. And this brought back um, some of the mythology from the the really pinnacle vampire movie, um, Dracula 2000. Oh my God, they, I knew you were going to say that. Where they, <laughs> no, but they did. They brought back the whole Judas and the silver coins and that's why silver <gasps> is bad for vampire. I don't know why you don't think that's clever. I, I, I think mean, that's fine. I think that's so clever to tie in Christianity with this and, and Judas and- I'm gonna, I feel like I want to put in like the record scratch noise here and like go back to your audio where you shit talk anything having to do with Christianity and other right? films. <laughs> Cause like so often it, it like the, the, the wrapping of Christianity into any of the themes in a film and you're like, those sons of bitches. And this you're like, it's delightful. Well, because generally they're like, you know, pro Christianity. This one's all like, what's up, Judas. And that part's cool because he was the bad guy. You are right? a silly little goose. That's I what am. you are. Honk, honk, bitch. <laughs> You're a silly little goose. No, but um, I did. I like the 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 whole biblical thing with Judas and the silver. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what else. Meh, meh, meh. I'm looking at my notes. Lincoln was actually a racist. Yeah, <laughs> That's no, in that my was, notes. <laughs> I have lots of, uh, in case you wanted it, I had a, a lot of colloquial data about what a racist Oh yeah, no, like don't, yeah, that, that was one thing that I was, I wasn't sure if you- but again, to it's be like I didn't know if you knew that I knew. Here's the thing. I yeah. where oh, I know Marissa, that you know that I know. Where Marissa is is the research queen. Um, I am I'm gonna put I'm a I'm gonna wear a hat. I'm a history buff. I love history. Um Revolutionary War is kind of my era, but I also quite quite enjoy Civil War era as well. So I I I know some stuff about history and I really do love history and I I will gravitate toward um, nonfiction biographies on on all sorts of folk from back in the day. Uh, I I love it. So that's so yeah. I didn't want you to think that I was coming in like like a fifth grade like Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and he loved all black people and he <laughs> saved the no. day. No, no. I I I know you arguably are definitely the history buff of the two of us. How often I am very impressed by how often you go out of your way to like read and find historical uh nonfiction and stuff like that i often turn to you for like historical information when we're doing background research stuff um it's just you know what else i gotta be honest i think like books and stories based on historic uh history 
are just not my jam usually. And again, I know I'm a giant hypocrite because I'll I'll wrap the entirety of Hamilton for you. But I I just for for some reason this one just didn't catch me, and I just thought it was meh. And I thought yeah. like it just swung for some stuff that didn't really hit. But I get that it's fun. You're right. There's no denying that there's some very fun fight scenes. There's some very fun chase scenes. Um, I actually liked how the ending kind of tied it back to Sturgis going out and finding a new hunter. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I thought there was some cool stuff about it. I agree with you. I think it's it's a good popcorn flip. It's just not for me. Yeah. 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 This was like I said, it's I think that I, I, I still stand by that. I think there are certain people that like maybe accidentally saw this when they thought they were gonna see the Daniel Day Lewis movie and just <laughs> they were too embarrassed or they just didn't leave the theater. So <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, yeah. Anything else on this one before we move on to Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? No, we can get the Zambos. We we can get them on. So I got to tell you, this one really was a slam dunk for me. Yeah. I enjoyed uh, this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, I, the, the, the English literature, uh, teacher in me geeked out because so much of the language was taken right from Austin's language Mm -hmm. and then just like integrated with the story of the zombies. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be reading it because I can't wait to see how it's done in the book, but oh my God, I love that. It was, it literally was, it felt like the story of (laughs) Pride and Prejudice were just zombies brilliantly wedged in. And that's exactly what it is really. And I also loved 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 the feminist ideologies of this film because i elizabeth honestly elizabeth bennett top 10 favorite you know complicated female protagonists in classic literature she's so high up there for me because it's so rare to get a female as a protagonist and let alone one that's so complicated because there's so many people who hate elizabeth like like from the get-go and that's the point like her and darcy are meant to be unlikable and that's part of their charm and part of why they're perfect for each other you know and i am i thought they did everything great i think the casting was good i think the action was good the zombies were scurry um i i loved it i really did i I, this is the one that if i'm like yeah i want to put on a popcorn flick i'm gonna turn to this one yeah this one i really like too this was i had never seen uh i've never seen the movie i do i love what they do with the zombie mythology in this one where you can be bit but until you consume human brain you're undead but like you're not the insatiable undead i did like that where we're gonna you know it's not just you get bit and now you're a mindless slow walking zombie like i like the idea that there's you're you're still you until you consume brains and then once you consume brains you're you know you kind of shit out of luck and you're gonna be you know brains yeah that was that was but that was fun yeah yeah agreed and i loved that they took the issue of like class wars and not only did they keep the 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 class war between like wickham and and ben uh darcy and all that built into the story but they also then put in the spit of the zombies as like the lowest class that I I just thought it was brilliant. Like I thought this one succeeded in all the ways that maybe other ones didn't. And that it, it took every theme that made the original so important and it, and it played with them so well. Like, and I got to tell you, what's her face? Lean, Lean, Oh, what the hell's her name? Uh, Lena head, 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 Lena, yeah, Cersei. Um, she's so first of all she's so hot oh god yes my lord the between 300 and cersei and now this oh the dirty things i would let her do um but yeah no she's she's adorable and she's such a good actress and i thought she was so good in this as what's her face 
Lady um, Catherine. Yep. Mm-hmm. And because Lady Catherine is scary. <laughs> and one of my favorite, favorite things about this is that the scenes in the book where the sisters are doing super girly, annoying, upper-class 1800s crap, like combing each other's hair for an entire two chapters, they replace it with these epic fucking battles because their job is to be, like, the best zombie hunters there is and, like, them being raised by a dad who's, like, kicking ass and take, making them kick ass and take names. It's like, so instead of this amazing dialogue between two sisters talking about love and talking about relationships, you know, happening over a three-hour combing of hair, it's literally happening as they battle and practice their swordsmanship. And I just geeked out for how feminist and how badass that was. Mm-hmm. I knew you would enjoy it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this. Yeah, this is this a Marissa movie. movie. This is, this a is movie. absolutely a Marissa movie. Watching like Elizabeth Bennett save Darcy's ass time and time again from from zombies and just and the you know what's funny and I don't know if this is something I should probably credit this to Austin but I'm gonna give it to uh, everybody on this one. This love story gets me every time, dude. I find myself nervously waiting for her to realize Wickham is a douche and get to Darcy. And listen, whether it's Bridget Jones's diary, whether it's the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice, and you know me, I'm a sucker for a rom-com too. But this this story to me always resonates. And I was nervous that I wasn't going to be sitting there like chewing my nails, waiting for her to realize Wickham is bad and Darcy is good. But I did. And and I think that speaks. And the, the guy who played Darcy was such an adorable jerk. Like, it's so hard to play Darcy well. And I think he it, it was done very well in this movie um, because he has to be like annoying enough for you to roll your eyes at him, but then sweet and endearing to- enough for you to like. Yeah, no, that is absolutely a complex character to pull that off properly and be a good Darcy. My, I think my favorite scene in this, in the whole movie is that fight scene between Elizabeth and Darcy when she was like, fuck you. You told your friend not to marry my sister. You ruined her life. And, and it's not like she's just sitting there and, and, and pouting or, or even kind of just like taking a swing. She's pulling out swords. She's pulling out little fucking knives. Like she is, she's going for blood with him. Yeah. And I like that he in turn fought back he wasn't just like oh i can't hit you you're a girl he's like fine you want to catch hands let's do this and i like that he fought back because to me it just showed just so much and you know it's the many levels of of the original novel how how equal they are it is you are not above me you know it's just how equal you are that yeah you want to fight fine we can fight i don't care if you're a girl let's do this and i really really like the way that scene was done I, Plus I it was agree. a little sexy because they were ripping off buttons and getting on top of each other. So yeah, I was here for it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm into it. I thought it got that like steaminess that the, the original novel has always had, in my opinion. Um, I also think that like when it comes to like this notion of like Darcy and Bennett as like Elizabeth as like these unlikable humans, I, I think that's the point. And I think when they find each other, it's supposed to be even more endearing. And mm-hmm. in the book, like I like that Darcy had this bigger, like he was trying to save everybody from zombies because it kind of made him more endearing. Um, and again, I when they took the verbal sparring that they do in the book, where like everything they say to each other in the book is so insulting and so shitty for 1800th style, and they turned it into physical battles, I was so here for it. I loved every mm-hmm. second of it. Um, I did read an interesting critique because I was like, I wonder why this did as terribly as it did because it's it's a fun adaptation, yeah. and it was it was I think it was Entertainment Weekly, and they said they said it so perfectly. They said the problem is this is a good movie, this is a feminist movie, this is an empowered movie for what it is, but the problem was 
that there was never going to be an audience for this. And here's why. No respectable literature buff is not going to scoff at the idea of putting zombies in Pride and Prejudice. And I have to say, before this, I would have thought the same thing. I didn't read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies because I was like, how dare you? Because there's that part of me that's always going to be a snobby English teacher. Then no respectable Rob Cobb only gal or girl or guy or whoever is going to say, oh, they put zombies in a rom-com? I'm in. You know, so there's like that market doesn't want it. The classic literature buffs don't want it. And the horror fans are going to look at it and go, Pride and Prejudice, didn't my high school English teacher make me? No, thank you. So like, you don't have the romantic comedy crowd. You don't have the horror crowd. You don't really have the classic literature crowd. You've got nobody who's who's like willing to fight for this movie. And they kind of like called it a tragedy. They were like, you know, this movie is so good for what it is, yet nobody seems to care. And I thought that was a perfect way to like, frame this film that it's got all of these amazing like it's got the really great romance it's got the classic literature and also the language that makes austin's writing so good it's got these amazing characters and it's got good horror yet nobody cared (laughs) well if they would just put aside their pride their prejudices (laughs) am i right am i right and just watch the movie yeah no i get that 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 does really kind of make perfect sense that there is a very very small like little 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 what is the shape i'm trying to vagina that's a vagina shape there's a there's a small little area of the venn diagram that this movie is for you know and i count myself in that little area of the venn diagram of somebody that likes classic yeah. literature and horror movies me too and yeah, like we're, it's just you and me pretty much probably you me and, and seth graham smith like we're yeah, just in the like, little vagina section of the venn diagram i like that you keep uh drawing the vagina with your with your hands um <laughs> uh yeah no. <laughs> we're two we will forever be two um that's right i uh i did my sexual reproduction chapter of psychology and i was giggling more than any of the 17 and 16 year olds were at words like boobs and erection mm-hmm. and uh you know Freudian slips i was like hey boobs um <laughs> which made them even more uncomfortable which made it even better mm-hmm. um but no yeah i agree with you i'm right there in that little little diagram and i love i would argue i probably watch more romance and like you know sappy movies than you do and so i'm here for it Mm -hmm. um i found myself enjoying these i'm glad that we covered them i feel like they deserve a little bit of a place in like horror i don't think this is the worst like little interesting niche subgenre that we've ever stumbled upon no um no not at all one thing i do I, i have to go back to to the movie for a second i was very happy uh to see a zombie baby that made me real happy when there was yeah. a zombie baby because at first i thought it was going to be like a living baby in a zombie arm and then they're not going to show you eating a baby because blah 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 yes. but then when the baby turned out to be zombie baby i was like yes i was very much here for zombie baby me too. um matt smith who played parson collins i believe mm-hmm. he was very oh my good god in this movie, he's so it. good and it's so funny because i hated him not hated let's do this present tense hate hate him as doctor who he played the 11th doctor and i don't like him really? whatsoever oh, yeah I, so I, adorable no i don't like him as the doctor and it makes me yeah. so so mad um because i like that uh, the story arc that happens during his seasons. I just don't like him as the doctor. Truth be told, David Tennant is my favorite doctor. And also um, like he takes up 
like three slots on my freebie list of five. I love David Tennant more than life itself. So really <laughs> Matt Smith coming after David Tennant is a problem in, in itself. Um, but no, I did not like him as Doctor Who, but I really, really liked him in this movie. Like this, this to me seemed to be more his speed. <laughs> like See, kind of like the fun. I can't comment, yeah, yeah. Doctor Who, but I could see why he compared to Tenet, why you would like Tenet better. I thought he did a great job with this, though. But he was he was fantastic in this movie, so was, I, I have to give horrible. him credit because I usually I usually poo poo Matt Smith on on in many things that he does, but this was uh, this one we'll give him credit for. And also, this movie had one of my favorite tropes, and it's just so funny that this trope would show up in this movie. But your two hero characters running from an explosion i love that i i want that in my life not <laughs> really because i don't want to get hurt but it, it, you know running from an explosion is just so cool both of them are bananas oh, yeah well but- and and to be fair so i don't know what came first with these i'm assuming that seth graham smith kind of was the one that first did this but there are at this point now a butt ton of other stories like this because not only i know i let you borrow pride and prejudice and zombies i uh-huh. also have sense and sensibility and sea monsters is that from him as well i don't think i don't i don't remember but i don't think that one was him okay because i've never liked sense and sensibility as much as i've liked pride oh, and no. prejudice. yeah one but thing I'd be, I'd be interested i'd be interested in doing is trying to read pride and prejudice and zombies and pride and prejudice at the same time like kind of doing a chapter each like that reading a, cool. reading chapter one of P, P, and Z, and then <laughs> immediately reading a chapter, chapter one from Pride and Prejudice, just to see how, how closely he took that work and just added the word zombie in. Yeah, I think, I think there was like, there were so many times where I jotted in my notes wording that I know for a fact was from the original. So it would be really interesting to see the overlap there. Um, yeah. Because I remember part of like the hullabaloo in the literary world when this came out was the fact that he basically took the novel and just added words to it, you know, mm-hmm. which I thought was brilliant. But a lot of people were like, well, that's dumb. It's just fan fiction. You know what I mean? Like, But hey, if it's entertaining, then I'm here for it. I mean, Twilight I mean look was at the whole empire of fucking Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that started as a Twilight fan fiction. That's right. I'm sorry. I got that confused. Yeah. Fifty Shades was the Twilight. That was the Twilight fan fiction. And, you know, I got to tell you, um, having read those books, and I'm not proud to admit that I read them, they are every bit as terrible in their writing as most fan fiction you come across on the Internet (laughs) is. Like the writing was just so terrible. Um, Well, yeah. And anything else about Pride and Prejudice and Zombies? That's that's all I got. So I am uh, very excited for the spring here at Jersey Ghouls headquarters. I am also super excited about Three Crunch Productions and how we are branching out. So please, everyone out there, if you have a moment and you don't mind it, go out there and give a like and give a listen to Block or Buster, a podcast by Chris, Matt, and Jared, where they decide whether or not a movie is a hit or a miss. And uh, this month they're talking about Escape from L.A. And Jackie, I'm going to put you on blast. You said it was a you said it was a buster. Uh, yeah, what the, I was shocked. For, yeah, for those for those that haven't listened yet with Block or Buster, they are going to go through their thoughts in the movie and they're going to vote it as a Block, or, which is good, or the Buster, which is bad. And then they leave it up to the audience, be it uh, Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, whatever social media you use, they want you to reach out and give your opinion. 
is the movie a block or a buster? Because all these movies are kind of on the fence. Are they good? Are they bad? Who knows? So today, after I listened to the episode, I expressed my opinion on Facebook and I said, please don't tell Kurt Russell, but escape from L.A. Burr, 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 burr. Wow. Thumbs down. See, thumbs I'm down. I'm going thumbs up. I'm going thumbs up for escape from L.A. Only because I refuse to do John Carpenter dirty. I re- <laughs> I fully recognize the ridiculousness of this film, but I just I refuse. I can't vote against John Carpenter. If, if well, loving him is wrong, I don't want to be right. Well, what they did, and and so next month when their next episode comes out, they are going to reveal all the audience votes of, of it being a block or a buster. And then also at the end of this episode, they teased what next month's episode is. And I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to let you listen, but I'm going to tell you right now, oh, yeah. without even having listened to the episode, <laughs> just knowing who's in the movie. And if y'all listen to this podcast, you know who I'm talking about. I'm going to call it a block. It doesn't matter what movie he's in. It's a block. So Matt, Chris, Jared, next month movie, Jackie says it's a block. It's a block. And then I'm going to make up a bunch of fake Facebook accounts, and they're all going to say it's a block too. So you <laughs> you're go. going to make a bot. Um, I am. I, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go block for this month. Cause I, like I said, escape from LA has my heart, but I am curious to see how this continues to evolve and which movies they choose. Cause I have to say, um, I, I think they're choosing interesting choices, like movies that really are just on that cusp of being either so good they're bad or just complete rubbish, and I'm here for it. Yes. The other podcast that I have to say, please go out and check out, is the other newest one we added to the Jersey Ghouls uh, slash Three Crones Network family, and that is Every Month Madness, where host Joe Costal brings in a random group of guests every month, and they pick random pop culture, and they make a bracket and go down all the way to number one. This month, they're covering the songs of Billy Joel. And I have to say, he's got one guest who freaking hates Billy Joel with every fiber of her being, and one guest who is literally the head of the Billy Joel podcast fan club. And they are both hilarious, and they are both awesome. And I can't speak enough about this. I am a moderate Billy Joel fan, and I really enjoyed hearing them duke it out. And I got to say, I was shocked at what came out on top. Great song, and I'm not going to say what it is, because you're going to have to listen, but... And next month, to tease for them, they're doing the best Disney ride of all time. And I think I'm that's when I'm going to riot. Because there's so many rides that, like, I don't even know how anybody could choose one over any others. Yeah. Like, Splash Mountain is one of my all-time favorite rides. And I will be the first one to admit how cringy and problematic it is. But, god damn it, I love that ride. But then, like, what about, like, Peter Pan? Or what about the new stuff, like Rise of the Resistance? Like, how do you choose, Jackie? I've only been to Disney like once, so I don't know. We're going to Disney. I the oh my God, Jersey. I no, I yacked. I yacked <laughs> Did when you I yak? Went with, oh. I went with the girls, yeah. So my daughter's very first visit to Disney, I got we got our Mickey ears on, and I was like, this is that moment that like they'll tell their great, great, great grandkids about, jumped in the teacup with them, walked off, and yacked all over the front of the ride. Oh, Nailed sucks. it. Yep, so when they tell that story, that's yeah. what they're going to tell mom, my God, and you know what? The food at Disney is so expensive. So you threw up so much money. Oh God, that was like eight hundred dollars <laughs> worth of French fries. <laughs> no, I'm I'm very I, I very very much enjoy. Um, you know, you heard Joe on our recent uh, March Madness plus our OG March Madness. So I wonder where Joe got the idea for his show. 
Um, yeah, no, it must have been I just stroke of genius. I mean, all listen. I'm saying is I my phone is, has not rung yet. I have not been asked to be a guest yet. So I'm um, Jackie, curious. I produce the show and my phone hasn't rung yet. So <laughs> uh, where's my phone call? Yeah. Although apparently he call said me. that he's <laughs> call, call me. I think <laughs> Pearl Jab. I think that's what he should bring you on for. Okay. I think Pearl Jam. He said that we have to find something super niche from our childhood, like best facts of life episodes or some shit oh, like dude, that. So. 80s. If he, okay, no, seriously. If we want to do like 80s uh, cartoon theme songs, I can oh do that. God, that would be a good one too. Yeah, no, Joey, call us. Board We're games. here. It's cool. Let, but, me clear, um... let me clear the flow lines. Boop, 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 beep, boop. <laughs> okay, now they're clear, Jackie. Yeah, hang, hang on. Let me, let me click. <laughs> yeah clear off there the lights clear, clear clear the lights lines. yep lines are clear. Same, same thing with blocker buster i'm gonna clear clear the lines in case <laughs> they're gonna call me and yeah so thank you everybody for the support thank you for everyone who's who's come out and supported our new endeavors remember to check us out at three currents productions we are the og podcast of the three currents network and no one better forget it and we are um hoping to have some new content and new surprises out there for you soon so make sure you're checking us out thank you to everyone who continues to support us through all of this um i'd like to thank the the academy and mm-hmm. jeebus and who else are we thinking for, for sharky and the beehole sharky and the buttholes um and everyone else who has made this dream of not only creating our own art but helping others create their art a reality all right uh, that's it for me uh we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode don't forget to check us out on the internet you can just search jersey ghouls with your favorite podcasting app you can also find us on social media just search jersey ghouls or you could head over to jerseyghouls.com for your source for all things marissa and jackie bye 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 <laughs> <laughs> Where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom as a ship and crack where secrets lie. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.